This is Phil Diaz. I'm the pastor at Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's my prayer that God would use this podcast to speak to your life right where you're at. I pray it also builds your faith and helps give you perspective on how God can work, move, and transform your life. Enjoy the message. Okay, so we guys ready for today? Yeah. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? I want to welcome everyone once again to the Green Council Church of the Nazarene. And I just want to make a quick shout out for next week. Next week, we're going to have a very memorable uh, Grandparents' Day uh, gathering. So I want to encourage all of you to come for next week. So if you have a grandparent, bring them along. Um, if you see someone that looks like they could be one, just bring them too. Just bring everybody, okay? It's going to be a great time next week in our uh, house of worship. All right. So today, I want to talk about the power of words. The power of words. Uh, what is one of the most powerful things that you've ever seen in your life? Take a moment to think about that. What's one of the most powerful things that you've ever seen within your life? And so in thinking about this for myself, I remember as a kid uh, watching all kinds of memorable, powerful moments, especially in the world of sports, because there were so many of them. Um, as a kid in 1988, and I know they're showing some of my age, but that's okay. Uh, there was a big fight in the boxing world between a guy named Mike Tyson. Does anyone know who Mike Tyson is? Okay. He's a little bit famous. So Mike Tyson, and he was still fairly young, and he was fighting this other guy. His name was Michael Spinks. Okay? Now, some of you may remember this fight because um, it was hyped up to be this big. It's supposed to be a 12-rounder. Um, unfortunately, it didn't go that way. But it was a powerful fight because Mike Tyson knocked this guy out on his feet in 90 seconds. That's strong, okay? That's stronger than the strongest coffee that I drink. I, that, that is strong, I'm saying. But here's the other thing about the fight, is that that was also probably one of the quickest ways to get rich, okay? Because in that single fight alone, in 90 seconds, Mike Tyson made $25 million on the one fight. How many of you guys would like to work for 90 seconds and make $25 million in 90 seconds? Amen? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, if he was in church, I'd expect an amen for that. <laughs> One of the other most powerful things I remember, too, as a kid in the world of sports as well, uh, is this, you know, guy... He's kind of famous. His name was Michael Jordan. Anyone know Michael Jordan? We have any Chicago Bulls fans from the 80s and 90s there? Okay. I'm a big fan. Um, I'm just going to tell you, you know, a little bit about Michael Jordan. You know, as, as a kid and teenager watching him play, um, I think he's the greatest basketball player of all time, which means that he's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. It's the acronym for that. And here's the reason why. He's a 14-time All-Star, 11-time All-NBA star, 
He was the 84th or 85 Rookie of the Year. He was a five-time MVP. He was a 10-time scoring champion, six-time NBA champion, nine-time All-Defensive champion, six-time MVP finals. And that's just to name a few of the things that Michael Jordan did while he was on the court. By the way, you know you've made it in the world of sports when you have a shoe named after you, okay? All right? So, powerful things. As a kid, I also remember some other things. Um, this is more in the church world. How many of you remember there's a group of big, muscular, ultimate warrior type guys? It was John Jacobs and the power team. Does anyone remember John Jacobs and the power team? So this is one of my favorite things to watch because it's like these big, muscular, wrestler-type dudes who are on fire for God came to your little church to tear stuff up in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah! Some of you are like, that sounds a little scary. No, 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 no. So they have these feats of strength. Remember back in the 80s when the phone book was like this thick? Okay. You think of the Indianapolis phone book. It's probably about this thick. Okay, it's huge. So they would take big um, phone books like that. And literally, one of the guys would rip it in half with his bare hands. He didn't take scissors or cut. He's ripping the whole thing. I mean, it was amazing. He was like crushing cement blocks with their heads and stuff. I mean, it's powerful feats as I seen as a child. So these are just some of the things. Now, for some of you, maybe you didn't experience all of that, but maybe you experienced being in a really fast car or a rocket ship. Uh, maybe you've seen people go to space. <laughs> some of you have been to war and may have experienced the power of bombs and grenades going off in the middle of the air. Maybe some of you experienced the force of nature through the power of a volcano or an earthquake or Indiana tornadoes. Tornadoes. But here's the thing. There are some things of great power that are also not as easy to see or as tangible. And so today I want to go into the Word of God and talk about those things. Because the Bible says that what is listed here is a very powerful force. So let's go into the Word today. Let's stand at a reverence for reading the Word of God today. This is our main passage that we're going to be looking through, and I've got many others to go along with. But today we're going to be looking at the book of James, chapter 1, and this is verses 19 through 27. And this is what it says. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. How many of you are note takers? Just, just real quick. Note takers. This is for you. It says, take note of this. Everyone. Who is it for? Everyone. Good. Some of you are listening. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Woo. There's some more verses to go. Verse 20. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Amen. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks 
at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, which is God's law, by the way, perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. It says to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is what the word says. There's also one other verse that I want to add to this as well today. And this is from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It just simply says this. It says that the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Let's pray today. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, I ask that right now, Lord, as we, we dig into your word, Father, that you help us, Lord, to see ourselves in the mirror that we need to see ourselves within, Father. Lord, I ask that you take this time to speak to us. This may not be an easy message, but Father, I know that this is a message that will make your heart happy in knowing that we're not just listening to something, that we, but we can be doing something to ignite our hearts to be on fire for you and to lay something before you, Lord, that maybe we need to lay. Father, I pray that this message would be powerful and impactful, and may your words be the words that you want me to say and preach to those here gathered today. I pray in your name and say, Amen. 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 You guys may be seated today. So today I want us to consider, I want us to consider the power of our words. Have you ever thought about the power of your words and how they are? The power of your words? I invite you today to consider the power of your words. Words have a tremendous influence to help or to hurt. To be either harmful or edifying. Um, how many of you remember as a child this phrase? <laughs> sticks and stones, you can say it with me. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words will never hurt me. Now, how many of you actually really believe that fully in your life? Words never hurt you. They just bounce off you like rubber. Here's the thing about that. Um, I don't know about you, but physically I've had a lot of things in my life, you know, like Ashley, you get a sprain on your leg, you twist your wrist, had a baseball or basketball to the face at times, you know, growing up. Um, and all of those are not fun. They're painful in their own way. But there's something about the pain of words that's so much different than the physical pain that can happen to us within our lives. 
And while words, they do not do physical harm to you, okay? Uh, they can do a lot more damage, though, than the sticks and stones. So every day, just to give you a little story, I talk to my cat. I talk to my cat, Coco. I try to pick her up, and I hold her. And I look at her, and I say, Cat! <laughs> As I so affectionately do. And then I just have a random conversation with the cat every day. Like, are you going to, you know, catch a mouse today? Are you meeting your quota? Uh, you know, are, what, what are we doing today? You know, I just, silly things, silly things, okay? So I know that when I talk to my cat, my words are not really like affecting her, okay? But I know if I talk to her in certain ways, such as when I say her, her name, like, God, <laughs> which I do to get her attention, uh, there are some times where she will physically react to how I'm talking to her, and her claws may want to dig into me a little bit more than what I like, okay? So my words do not physically hurt her, but they can change her demeanor very quickly. Um, now, all injuries, to most extent, will find a time within their place to heal, Lord willing, okay? But sometimes, you know, with those injuries, it takes a bandage, a stitch, or cast, or surgery. But eventually, your injury will, will heal up. But here's the thing with words. And words, when they're spoken in anger, when they're spoken in, in hatred, when they're spoken without any sort of thought, those are things that can do damage to you for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. In fact, I want to look at a few different ways that words can actually hurt and harm us. You guys ready to go a little deeper today? Yes. Amen? I got deeper on this side and this side. They're kind of unsure, so here we go. But I know this. My first point in that is name calling. Um, how many of you have ever been called a derogatory name <laughs> in your life? Oh, okay, most people. All right. If you've avoided that, kudos to you. Uh, now let me ask this question. I don't know if I'll get as many hands. How many of you have ever called somebody a derogatory name in your life? This is church. We have to be honest. Come on. All right. Uh, here's the thing about that. The pain of the words that we say are very real. And most of us have been on both sides of that coin. Okay? Uh, and when we call people other names and join in berating them, I believe that this next scripture should help remind us that this is not what the Lord would want for us within our lives. I want to look at James chapter 3, verse 10. James chapter 3, verse 10. It says this. Out of the same mouth come praise and curses. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. <laughs> you notice, notice in the word it doesn't say, well, here's the exception to that rule. When they call you something really nasty, you can rebuttal and say something really nasty. It doesn't say that. It says this should not be. Out of the same mouth come both praise and cursing. 
Your tongue is capable of doing wonderful things. Your tongue is capable of praising the Lord on high who deserves all praise and all glory. Your tongue is capable of doing that. Your tongue is capable of doing that every day, every moment of your life. If, if so help you God. <laughs> but what I find so interesting about this scripture is that it says out of the same mouth, the same place, where all the praise, where all the singing, where all the hallelujahs come from, how quickly the tongue can shift into cursing. This should not be. This should not be. You see, when we let our words come out of our mouth, the first thing that happens before the word comes out of our mouth is that there's a thought that comes into the mind. And sometimes thoughts come faster than words. And then for some people, words come faster than thoughts. <laughs> because words come out faster than what you were able to think about what you said. But somewhere in the line of all of it, there's a thought. And so the thought is what creates the action to necessitate the words that come out of our mouths. Here's the thing, church. What if, instead of letting our thoughts just run wild in our minds, because sometimes we can be very good at just letting our thoughts run wild, but then letting ourselves on the outside seem like we're all put together in just the right places. And this is why Jesus necessitates the fact that the inside of us has to be changed just as much as the outside. The inside is where it all starts. Because a thought doesn't start on the outside of your body, it starts inside of your head. And it controls what you're saying. And so we have to learn how to discipline ourselves and our thoughts. Because what you think eventually comes out into reality. It may not come out in the way that you think it's going to, but it eventually comes out because a thought will foster action. And so out of the same mouth, we can have a thought that before we think something terrible, maybe you just need to stop and say, praise God. <laughs> praise God. Ashley's grandpa is always praising the Lord. Okay? And I mean that. Like literally, you hear him say, praise the Lord. And sometimes I think he's just saying that because there's other things that probably could be said, but he's just like, forget it. I'm just going to praise the Lord. <laughs> I don't care how crazy things are going. Praise the Lord. So that's a discipline. God wants us to discipline our thoughts and the words that come from that. Another way that we can hurt ourselves, and we see this in the world, and unfortunately it rears its ugly head in the church a lot too, is this word called gossip. Gossip. It's another way that words can just do tremendous harm. And... Each of us had probably at one point or another might have been affected by the talk of the town. Did you see what that person is doing? Mm, I can't believe that that person's doing all that nasty stuff that I did yesterday, but since no one's seen me do it, I'm going to talk about that person and see how terrible they are. Some of you laugh like, yeah, that's happening. But it's true. And that's, that's, and, and, 
and that's where gossip can start from. Or it comes from the position of you don't get the full story, and so you're going to make your own story about something. I've seen that too. Uh, I remember very early on in, in the ministry when, when uh, George was pastoring the church there, there was this prayer phone line thing that was supposed to be going on in the church, but it was like a gossip hotline. So you called it to get the latest tidbit on what was going on with the person. Not because you were caring about it, praying for it, because you were wanting to you wanted to be in the know about it so you could gossip about it. And so I remember very early on, her, her, her dad got up on a Sunday morning and said, that's it. We're disconnecting the phone lines to this prayer thing because it's not being used in the way it needs to be. It's gossip. And that is not honoring unto the Lord. Gossip is another word for slander. It's saying that you're making up lies or that you're, you're saying things about another person that isn't true. Or you're saying things that you don't even know if they're real or not. And that is not just hurtful to the heart of God. That's hurtful to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Amen. In fact, this is what the Bible says about that. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. This is what it says. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that it may benefit those who listen. Amen. Amen. I remember as a kid in chapel, Pastor Waldo, one of the pastors, he, he preached about this. He says that the best thing you can do is learn how to keep it eat. And it's like, I thought he was talking street slang. But what he was meaning is that you need to keep your mouth in check and keeping it E. What is E? E is an empty. E stands for edifying. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for what? Building others up. Building others up. That's so much more important than tearing people down. Because there's enough things out there in the world that's going to want to tear you down every single day. There's enough pressures in the world that want to stifle you and put you into a submission unto itself. But what the Word of God is telling us is that how we should live as Christians is that we live in such a way to where we help each other and we build each other up and that we put our arms around each other and when our brother and sister is in need, we're there for each other. We're lifting each other up and we're being the body of Christ. In the way that God would want us to be. Give Him praise for that. Amen. Give Him praise. One of the other ways, last ways that I see is kind of in general that our mouths can be so unwholesome is that we can be so negative sometimes too. And negativity is another problem that we face. Even as Christians. Um, not all the Christians I meet are happy-go-lucky, joyful-in-the-Lord types. There's a lot of negativity. And that negativity helps foster, basically, a mindset. And once a mindset is fostered, everything that happens within your entire being gets filtered through that mindset, which is like this. You could go up to someone and say, hey, I think today's a beautiful day. And they're going to say, no, it's not. <laughs> That's a terrible day. I hate being alive. I hate doing this. And then it's like, oh, where did all that come from? I don't want to 
be here. And so, because there's this mindset of negativity that is filtered, and everything is now processed through that window in their mind. Everything is bad, no matter how good it is. God can bless you abundantly, but that's not enough. God could do these miraculous things. He could save you where you're at, but that's not enough. And it's because they point everything through the window of negativity. Am I making sense, church? Okay. And so because of that, it can lead to all kinds of awful things within our lives. I, I, it leads to the it's not enough syndrome. And sometimes it comes in, I'm not enough. I'm not enough because I'm not skinny enough, pretty enough, uh, athletic enough. I can't do anything in the church. I'm not spiritual enough. Um, I can't do anything because of this or because of that. And, and, and when we lead ourselves to be within that mindset of negativity where, where everything is just in darkness, well, that's nothing what the Bible calls us on how to live. Because Jesus came to bring us out of the dark and into the light. Jesus came so that he, he could show us on how we can live our lives to be the light of the world and not to live in, in the negative. This doesn't mean that bad things are going to happen to you. But when bad things happen to you, we can take a worshipful response and be able to say, I don't care what's going on. I'm going to worship my Lord today. We hurt ourselves in this way. And then it's no wonder that we also hurt each other. Because we've not healed on the inside. And we just carry that around. And then we just deal with people in a negative fashion. So these are some things that I see. These are some things that I believe that God wants to speak to. I want to pull up another verse for you for this. This is very popular. We've seen it. But sometimes I wonder if we actually believe it. Philippians 4.13. And the word says that I can do everything. Say that with me. Say, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. What's that mean for us? It means that I can rise above the negative emotions and the feelings. I can rise above those things because I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. You can't do it on your own. But through Jesus, you can have the strength to be able to move past some of those things. Give God praise for that. And the amazing thing is that the same power that rose a Savior from a borrowed grave is alive and it's active within you. And we know because of what Jesus did for us on the cross that we have a guarantee of a complete victory in the Lord. Give Him praise. Amen. Now I want to talk to you about some good things. Are you guys ready for some good things? I want to talk to you about considering not just our words, but I want you to consider the power of healing in our words. The power of healing. For as bad as words can be, for as bad as all of that, we also have words that can be powerful to heal within our lives. In fact, the book of Proverbs is where I, I found some, and I want to share those with you here today. 
Proverbs 12.25 says this in the Word. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word, a kind word cheers it up. I know that the devil is alive and he is well and he is ready to trample and he's ready to fight and he's ready to wrestle. He's ready to put you in traps and snares. He's ready to do whatever he can to do to mess you up. <laughs> and he will use anything to hold you in a prison of anxiety, of worry, negativity. <laughs> and he will use all of those things to crush your spirits, to crush your dreams, and to crush your life. Yeah, I believe that's why this scripture is so important because God is wanting to speak to us in his word because it doesn't matter how crushed we can be. God can take us as we are. How many of you, amen, for the taking of ourselves the way we are excited about that this morning? He takes you as you are. And it doesn't matter where you're at, how crushed you are, he takes you where you are. And he takes you into those glorious hands of his. And he refines us into what he wants us to be. I'm just going to ask a question. Where's, where's the crushed people in the church today? How many of you have ever been crushed in your life with, with the words of someone? Where's my crushed people? Where's the, where's the people being honest in the church today? The people have been through all kinds of stuff. But yet there's a kind word of praise that they can give to God for all of it. You see, he wants us to be kind to each other. Because a kind word cheers up a heart. If you know someone who's dealing with anxiety and worry and depression and negativity, it says a kind word can cheer it up. Now, whether they want to be receptive and receiving of that word, that is on their own will. But we should never bend ourselves to just be negative towards them because they're so negative towards us. What he wants us to be is kind and loving. Because it was a kind word that was spoken on the cross. Where he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It was a kind word when our Savior was bleeding and dying on the cross. He could have said, no, God, I don't want to go any further. You can forget this. But he didn't. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It was a kind word that gives our hearts hope and cheer today. Give him praise for that. Proverbs 15, verse 1 says this. It says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. <laughs> How many of you can testify to that in your lives? A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I mean, don't you just hate it when people are just plain mean and rude? <laughs> but here's the thing. Instead of taking out your frustrations on that person, Take a moment to breathe and ask God for a way to help you to be able to speak to that person in an easy and gentle manner. It's amazing, I think, if we could just take a few more five seconds within our lives and take a breath, 10 seconds, 30 seconds a minute, just take a few more moments of time before we actually speak how it can change 
how we are. And sometimes it even comes in as how we say things. For example, last night I was trying to tell Liam about something that it wasn't right, but it's not what I said was wrong. It's the how I probably said it that got him. And my intentions weren't to make him completely melt down and cry. But, you know, I think eating food in the bathroom is just weird. So we're trying to teach our kids better than that. And so I think I, I, I reacted, you know, as a parent, you overreact a little bit. Don't do that. Oh, that's, that's all. And it just like, whoo, it broke his spirit. Now, it's not the what I said, but it's the how. And sometimes a gentle answer, a gentle way of doing things goes a lot further than the reactionary ways that we're so built into. Give God praise for that. <laughs> Lastly, Proverbs 16.24 says this. It says, uh, gracious words are a honeycomb and they are sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Remember, I asked you about sticks and stones don't break what? That's right. But words will, words will never hurt me. Well, this verse kind of takes that and flips it on its head a little bit, doesn't it? It says, gracious words are a honeycomb and they're sweet to the soul and they're healing to the bones. So, words may not hurt the body, but it says in this passage that words are sweet to the soul and they can heal us. I don't know if you know this, but... When they do um, MRIs and certain tests of individuals with dealing with different symptoms and mental illness and, and all of these different things, so those that find themselves in a much more negative cloud of life, did you know that your brain re rewires itself on the inside for your negativity? It rewires itself physically on how you receive and, and deal with those situations. And so what I find interesting about this verse is that it says that when we have gracious words and we're gracious to each other, how that can actually physically <laughs> heal our bodies. And why is that? Well, I think it's just because when you hear something that's positive, when you hear something that's encouraging and edifying, instead of something that's based in the negative, that also rewires our thinking and our process. It helps us to be able to be more open to being receptive of the goodness of the Lord that we can pass on to each other through the way we talk to each other. Amen? Amen. Amen. How many of you would want more of that in your life? I mean, I, I need some healing of that in my mind. Amen. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I would rather be eating honey than the dirt of negativity in my soul. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. Because what you also take in is also what you will give out. Now, when I have a bad day, and sometimes I wonder if there's anything that might make a difference sometimes. Sometimes, you know, I get through this process and I begin to think about you know, you know, are, are things going in the right direction? Or are things being effective enough? And, you know, I'm always wondering, you know, 
and, and, and praying to the Lord like, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Is this how you want us to be? And all of these different things. One of the most encouraging things is that when you get the random phone call or text, okay, and someone shares a kind word about how they were touched by something here through the ministry of the church. That brightens my day. In fact, sometimes it's just visiting people. It's one of the, the biggest blessings is when you get to go out and visit some people, especially like in the nursing homes and such as that, and, and like... You know yourself, you probably wouldn't want to be in those shoes, but like they are so happy, they're full of joy of the Lord, and and how they begin to tell you what's going on with them and how God is working and moving in their life, even though they're in such dire or such environments you don't want to be in. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. And for me, it speaks volumes because. I know for me, I, I, I would probably be more complaining than what I probably should be. Lord, forgive me. But I know who I am. And that's, that's a dysfunction that I know that God needs to work and move within my life. I know some of the most precious words that will ever be told to you in your life are these three words. I love you. I love you. And the Lord right now is speaking to you and He is saying those words to you. He's saying, I love you. I love you this much. I love you so much. Because I don't know about you, I came to the cross because I knew I was in desperate need of love and grace and mercy in my life. I ran to Jesus because I couldn't get it anywhere else. I could go to any other kind of religion. I could go to any other kind of belief system. But there's nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing like the power of God in your life. And there's nothing like those words that he says, I love you. Now think about some other words and phrases that maybe we need to hear in our lives. Like, I care for you. Been thinking about you. Been praying for you. All of these words have a powerful effect to be able to heal and lift broken spirits. Amen? Amen. Don't forget the power of just giving out a compliment, a word of encouragement. It's okay to compliment because words have a tremendous power to heal. In today's passage that we read about in James, it reminds us that it's also not just the speaking of words, it's also the hearing. And then even more than that, it's also important that we don't just say the right things or hear the right things, but that we live in the way that Christ would want us to live. Jesus not only spoke powerful words, he lived every single one of them. He didn't just talk about reaching out in compassion to the poor and to the needy and to the sinners. Man, he did it all. And Jesus shared with us that example of us that he calls us to follow. This time I want to invite our singers and instrumentals if they're able to come up today. I just want them to be able to be in preparation. Today, I just felt left that I think this is something that I think we all need to wrap ourselves around in thinking of this.
Jesus shared with us a great example. Amen? An example to follow, an example that we can believe in, an example that didn't ever stray or contradict each other. He, he lived in such a way to where he presented the gospel, he spoke the gospel, he lived the gospel so much so that he took it to what we would call the next level. He died on a cross, but he didn't just stay dead. He loved you so much. He raised himself up from the grave three days later. And he loves you so much that he's here with us today. And I don't know about you, but I, I love Jesus for that. I love the fact that he, he did that for me. Jesus, he always saved his harshest words for the religious leaders of the day. It's not that he didn't have a problem with their teaching. He had a problem with the way they lived out their teaching. Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples and the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit on Moses' seat. But whatever they teach you, this is what he says, don't follow it. You can but do as they do not do as they do. For what they practice, they don't teach. And at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told his audience that those who hear his words and put them into practice are likewise builders who built on the rock. And those who heard his words and didn't put them into practice, and they, they, they have their life set on the rock, but for those who didn't, they're foolish because they built their life on sand. And in James, it also tells us to be doers of the word and not just merely hearers who deceive themselves. Today, have you heard the power of the Word of God within your life today? I want to invite us here together today to say something encouraging. And so we're going to sing this song, I Love You, Lord. It's a little chorus, it's very simple, but it's very uplifting and it's very encouraging unto our Savior. But what I also want us to do is to be able to respond to that love that He has for us here today. Because it's the love of God that drew me in to the Lord. It's the love and grace of God. The grace that goes before. The grace that saves. The grace that sanctifies and purifies. It's what's attractive. So today, if you need that in your life, I want to pray with you. Come up. I want to pray with you. Whether you're in a seat, whether you're in an altar, I don't care. I want to pray with you. You just raise your hand. I will come and pray with you here today. But otherwise, let's stand. And let's sing this wonderful song unto the Lord. Let's give him praise. Amen. Let's sing.
bow our heads today. Lord Jesus, we come before you full of praise, Father. We come before you, Lord, and knowing that you are the King of kings and that you are the Lord of lords. We come before you today and knowing that you take joy in hearing the sound of your praise lifted up to you today. And so, Lord, today we ask that as the song says, it be a sweet, sweet sound. Lord, we ask that our words and the things that we speak and the things that we say, the things that we think, Father. Lord, may you do a work within our lives, Lord, to where what we are saying, even if it's not a praise song, but if it's just our words and a conversation and how we talk to each other, may it be a sweet, sweet sound into your ear. So, Jesus, we ask that, Lord, you, you work within us, Lord. We confess, Lord, before you, if we have fallen short, if we have said things that are, are awful and terrible to each other, if, if we have given in to the idea of just living negatively, Father, day after day, moment after moment, if, Lord, we, we confess before you, Lord, because, Lord, we have maybe made those things idols and, and not even realized it. So, Lord, we confess before you these things. We confess before you the way that we talk and speak to each other. And so, God, help us. Help us, Jesus. Help us to be the people of God. Help us to be able to wrap our arms around each other in love and grace. Help us, Lord, to not just have cursings that come out of our mouths, Lord, but blessings. Blessings because you have blessed us so much. You blessed us with salvation. You blessed us with the sanctifying power of God to raise us up from out of our own graves and out of our own miry clays. You've given us this, Father, as a gift. And if, and if we have that, Lord, we have you, Father. There's, there's nothing that we can't do because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And Lord, I know it's hard when people say mean things or nasty things, Father, how hard it can be to hold your tongue. I know how hard it can be, Father, when the devil wants to intervene and get his way within our words, Father, on how hard it can be for us just to take a moment to stop and maybe just, if we have nothing else to say, just say, praise Jesus. <laughs> I know, Lord. So, Lord, we need your help. Help us. Help us say things that are praise and worship unto you. Help us keep our tongues need on edifying and building each other up and loving each other. Help us to be able to speak in such a way to where we're not we're not building anything else up other than building your kingdom through our words. So Jesus, I just ask that you take this time. We give this to you here today, Father. We love you. We praise you. We want to give you glory. We just lay it before you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Give him praise this morning, church. Give him praise. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. If you would like to connect with me or Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, you can find us on Facebook at Greencastle Nazarene and also on our website, www.greencastlenazarene.com. 
May you have a blessed and wonderful day in the Lord.